Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. In this season, we will be having a rotating roster of co-hosts. No matter who's sitting beside me in the hosting chair, we're still just two people trying to live our best diabetic lives. Every week, we'll tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we may offer tips and tricks, we are not medical professionals. However, we offer anecdotes and general thoughts on how to embrace a type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not easy to do with all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here, and this week's special guest, we have Dr. Mike Natter. Welcome, Mike. What's up? Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for making this happen. So for our listeners that are unfamiliar with Mike, he is at mike.natter on Instagram. We'll plug that what link to it, whatever, all the things online, but you've probably seen his artwork and uh, maybe seen him on Instagram. You've got quite the presence, man. Um, Thank you. But we'll talk about that later. First, I want to dive right into your diagnosis story because you are a doctor who has type one and you're also an artist. And I feel like some of these things are connected. Oh yes. Let's do it. Jump in. And so let's see. So I am, I'm 33 I was diagnosed when I had just turned nine. It was two weeks after my ninth birthday. Um, I'm from, I'm born and raised in New York City. So I was, I had just come home from summer camp and I was having all of the very classical symptoms, you know, the polydipsia, polyuria, polyphagia. I was eating like crazy and losing all this weight. I was super lethargic. I was peeing like nuts and Is that what those words mean? Sorry to interrupt you. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so poly, any <laughs> prefix? No, no, no. I, sh- I apologize. So no, the good. prefix poly means a lot of, and polyuria, you can kind of, you know, yeah, insinuate it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Of urinating. Yep. Um, polydipsia is drinking a lot. Polyphagia is eating a lot. Um, and there's no medicine in my family. There's no diabetes in my family. So in the mid nineties, you know, my, you know, my parents were like, why, you know, our son's waking up four or five times a night to pee and to drink and no one really knew what was going on. And you can always find some other explanation for things when you don't want to kind of think something serious is going on. So, oh, it's hot out. It's summertime. He's playing a lot of basketball. So he's really thirsty. And if you're drinking so much, obviously, he's got somewhere to go. So he's peeing so much. So right. no one really kind of put it together. Um, and that went on for a little, quite a while. And I was getting pretty emaciated. Um, and it came to the point where in the middle of September in 94, um, I just couldn't, I was vomiting and I couldn't move and I was really sick and I was kind of in and out of consciousness and that came, that got to the point where my family got scared. And so, uh, my dad kind of whisked me up and, and ran me into, uh, the emergency room actually at Mount Sinai and, uh, on the Upper East Side. And, um, I, I only remember kind of bits and pieces once I was in the ED, cause I think I was slipping in and out of consciousness to be honest. And I was in, um, what's called DKA or diabetic ketoacidosis, which I'm, I'm sure everyone is familiar with. Um, but I, at the time had, this is a a title, which I prefer not to carry, but at the time I, I had the highest blood sugar on record in the PDD at at Sinai, which was, Oh my God. uh, Let's see. Give give me, give me a guess where, how high do you think I was? 900. Ooh, I was more than that. 1200. 
1600. How were you alive? Jesus. I, I think I think I almost wasn't. I So I was in a coma for a little bit. And then um, I do remember kind of waking up in the ICU here and there with all the tubes and everything. It was pretty traumatic. And then kind of slowly but surely, I, I my sugar kind of, um, they, they very quickly diagnosed me. Uh, my sugar came down, my, my acidosis, my gap closed, and um, insulin was started. And um, I spent the an additional week in the hospital basically just kind of learning what diabetes was. And I think, I think, so diabetes, like it sucks, but I think being diagnosed as a kid is a lot better than if you were diagnosed as a teenager or an adult or a young adult, because what diabetes really is, is, is a very large shift in your lifestyle. And you're, you're kind of, it's dictated what you have to do in your daily routine. And as a kid, you wake up when you're told, you wear what you're told, you go to school when you're told, you do your homework, you eat, and so on. Like These are things that are dictated to you anyway. And so to adjust into having to take your insulin injections and test your blood sugar and watch your carbs and those types of things, it's almost not that hard to, you're more malleable. I think if I was diagnosed now as an adult or in my teen years, I think it'd be, I'd have a lot more kind of resentment and I'd probably have a harder time um, adjusting to that. Well, that explains my struggles because I was diagnosed at 20. So for those of you oh, that really? want to hear yeah, my diagnosis late. story, head to season one, episode one. But yeah, no, it oh, was... Oh, look at that plug. Look Get at that in plug. Always, you know, click always has one. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I your diagnosis story is pretty similar to my friend Christy's, who used to be the co-host, who is also season one, episode one. Um, she was in a coma for something like 12 days, I think something oh my like she almost didn't make it. And oh my God. she was That's 17, terrible. I think too. Wow. So wow. we were both late bloomers um, mm. in the diabetes world, but yeah, I was diagnosed. I'm, with- I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear you're part of the clan, but yeah. here we are. I mean, I've only had, I'm 24, so I've only had it for four years. And I think that's a huge reason why I started Pancreas Palace is because I knew no one when I was diagnosed and I thought it was a death sentence. Um, Sure. Because a lot of, I mean, I was diagnosed in Jacksonville, Florida, which is like a whole other issue. But um, I learned a lot. But at least you you were in New York. You were in the thick of it. Can't believe you were... 1600 blood sugar wise like that's insane. I was up there yeah I was up there but I'm glad I'm glad that you found this pot or that you've created this podcast because like you said I think I think a lot of chronic illness is is finding a community and finding people that can relate and um, like having a support system just knowing others are out there and I'm sure I don't know are you a, a you're a, an omnipod wear I think is that right yeah so yes. I mean I, I so I wear a I wear a pump as well and so there's this like very visceral like anytime I see someone else with a pump or like you just kind of get the eyes you know you catch their eyes like yep uh uh-huh like I I get it (laughs) I've stopped people on the street in Murray Hill this one girl who's wearing a Dexcom and I was like no way me too and she was like so cute about it but then there was this one guy I was out like out on the town on a Saturday night with my friends and he was wearing a Libre and I asked him about mm-hmm. it, and he, I feel like I always bring this up. I need to let this go. But he was so salty about it, and he was like, I don't really? want to talk about it. And I was like, but I'm also oh, diabetic. Wow. And he was like, I don't care. And I was like, yikes, good luck, sir. Oh, but, hey, hey, I'm really sorry yeah. to hear that. I feel like that's, that's the that's that the, usually the minority. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I get stopped on the street all the time. with my. I, I wear my um, – I used to wear a Dex. Now I wear um, the Medtronic CGM. and. All the time, people stop you, and they. A lot of people, uh, most people who stop me, actually stop me because they were like, "What is that?" And I, yeah. I like that because it's an opportunity to educate. To educate but um, yeah. 
otherwise it's like it's like dude you got the new thing and then you kind of share your your war stories and like what's good what's bad and I like that you know I'm sorry yeah. that you had that salty experience oh my god no I mean it's part of the the part of putting yourself out there it didn't it didn't deter me um good. I can't be tamed As it but yeah back to you <laughs> I'm back on this me. podcast every week <laughs> <laughs> um so you kind of you were diagnosed younger and yes. what did that mean for you growing up like activities wise were you still playing so basketball I, yeah yeah so I actually it's funny you say that so I'm I was very athletic as a kid um I was a big basketball player and it really didn't affect it at all I mean it made it annoying in some cases like I played competitively in high school and you know it was very frustrating because the physiology of it made it very complicated in that like typically exercise drops your sugar and and it would for me if I was out playing ball in the park but then when I would play for school and there was a lot of like um, excitement and, and energy um, your stress response causes a cortisol spike and, and epinephrine and, and adrenaline and and what that does is it creates a lot of gluconeogenesis and the liver just pours sugar into your bloodstream so I'm you know I'm playing an hour of basketball and I'm three four hundred you know and it's right. um and it's very difficult. And then, you know, inevitably later on, I would go to bed that night and I would drop to 50 and you know, wake up. So it made it made it difficult um, for sure. And at the time when I was diagnosed, the technology was nowhere near what it is today. So, you know, I was drawing up syringes and I had this glucometer that was like a huge, it was like a brick. You know, it took 60 seconds to count down a huge sample of blood every time. And CGMs were not, not even, even in the realm of possibility. So it was, um, it was different. Um, but I never, ever felt limited by my disease. I never felt like I didn't do something because of my disease. Um, I don't even feel like it's a disease. I, I don't like calling it that. I, it's so, like a, something that I have, something that I deal with um, that, you know, it sucks and it's an annoyance, but it's um, just kind of like part of my day these days. And, and I, I try not to, to worry about it too much on an hourly basis. That's probably healthy. <laughs> I should try that more. Yeah, um, it's tough. I mean, it's hard. Have you, this is like not to put you on the spot, um, but have you ever heard of or met Rob Howe? Yes, love Rob. I have not met, um, I have heard of. Oh, Rob, I'm deeply offended that I'm not a diabetic doing things, so what are you going to do? Oh my God, you haven't been on his pod? No, 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 no. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, well, I'm maybe I'll have to... No, I might have I'm, to air I'm this kidding. earlier because I got to get no, you out no, there no, before no. Rob. I got to scoop him. No, he's... Oh, you're going to... Uh -oh. No, I'm totally Well, kidding. you should... He's awesome. I um and I know he's a baller, but That's he's out. He's down in Texas. Is that right? Yeah, he um actually got coffee with him and Libby Russell a few months ago oh, when he was in. I Vancouver. love, I love Libby Russell. She is dope. She's one of the coolest gals I've ever had on the podcast, and she is so sweet. And yeah, she's a great. She's just got engaged, and I'm like. This oh, is she all did. of my lives in mind because, like, I can feature her on the bridal website. Oh, yeah. Also, well, talk about yeah. a – yeah. You could do a whole bridal, like, diabetic bride, like, how to tuck your pump so, into like, your dress I thing. Have, and, uh, oh, check out bridalguide.com. Clearly, I have not been keeping up with your bridal <laughs> magazine. It's totally cool. Why would you? No, Carrie Lane actually did a whole thing on um, – how to like kind of manage a chronic illness while wedding planning. And then she oh, did wow. a separate thing on like body positivity with like things like your pump and uh -huh. everything like that while wedding planning as well. So she's been, well, really I, I feel like a, a dummy. Sorry. I should have imagined that you Dude, already. You're, done that. 
Okay. I should, uh, for all the pals listening, Mike is a doctor. He's a resident. He doesn't have time to do these things. So I am not offended at all. Well, thank Um, you. You're out there saving lives. I'm just writing about bridal stuff. Uh, We're all all doing Um, our part. You stop that. I got to stop being so self-deprecating. I'll work on that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so um, I brought Rob up because of the whole basketball connection. But yes. if you know him, like he, we had him on the show and he was talking a bit about how he, because he did it professionally for like a minute. He played ball? Longer than a minute. Yeah. Um, I think he did in Europe. That could wow. be fake news. I got to look that up. I did um, not know that. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to text him right now to clarify because I can always edit that out if need be. Um, Wait, now I'm but, like, I'm like superstar struck. That's amazing. Yeah, so I'm trying to get the whole crew together for our JDRF event in May, um, mm. our big thing. So, like, try to get Libby and Rob's going to come in, I think, with his girlfriend and um, Gretchen from Type can 1 we, Type uh, Happy. Oh, yes, I know Gretchen as well. She's can one we, of my faves. Can we do a diabetic basketball off? Oh, my God, like a, like a league, like a diet yes. league? A diabetes league, a diabetes. Okay, we'll know. work on the branding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, I can't text and talk. It's really embarrassing. I'm a horrible millennial. You take um, your time. No, I mean it's like cool. We're on a we're on a time limit here. But <laughs> I just texted him. But yes, we will do a whole meetup. Anyone who's listening who wants to join the league, and you're in the New York City area, come one, come all. Um, yes. Meet all of your favorite diabetics in one place. Yes. Like I, all of my favorite people. We can um, have basketball cards made with our stats and our, and our HbA1Cs. It'd be great. I feel like maybe I'll be the announcer because I'm really bad at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about the, uh, it's about the uh, you know it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, I go. I texted Rob. I go. You played profesh b-ball, right? He goes. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> As if you should um, already know this fact. Of, yeah, because we did an entire episode on it, and I'm just like so out of it and tired. I wanted to make sure when I could have just looked it up. My aunt, did you not know? Oh my god, he's being a jerk about it. Um, <laughs> well, tell anyways. him I'm, I'm like super starstruck now, and I want to be his friend. Okay, we'll make it happen. Okay, he wants to be your friend. Send. Okay, um, back to you. And like, um, I swear to God, I'm trying to focus. Um, Anyways, so can we talk about how you got into art? Yes. So my my whole life I was drawing. So I was I was someone that kind of like was was drawn to the arts. I, I suppose. I, but I so I have a belief that all of us are innately artistic and creative. So I think every one of us, when we were you know in kindergarten, had crayons and was drawing and coloring. So I, I don't think it's weird. I think what's weird is that a lot of us stop. And I think there's many reasons, and I have different think, hypotheses for why, but for whatever reason, I never did. So I was drawing my whole life. It came very naturally to me. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I was into like the comic book thing growing up and, and all that, but I also was drawing more. It was getting more and more kind of like fine arts. And I sucked at math and science. I was so bad at math and science. And, um, you know, I was my, my teachers and my parents, and my friends were very nice about it, but it was kind of like understood that I was like more of the arts and humanities kid, not so much the math and science kid. And that was cool. I was fine with that. So I kind of continued my art and then I went into undergrad and I decided to go to a place called Skidmore College in upstate New York. Are you familiar? Yes, I I actually toured Skidmore for oh, undergrad. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place. Um, I, I went, went there BU mainly instead. because... It was in the middle of nowhere. I couldn't do it. <laughs> So that's so you made a good call. So like I, I actually really hated I hated the 
isolation of kind of being, you know, I'm from New York City, so I like didn't know how to drive a car and it was, it was kind of rough, but the the academics, it was major culture shock, but the academics and the art program there were like really phenomenal. And I think I have to credit with a lot of um, like where I've gone since. So I kind of started out as an art major and so on and so forth. And I loved it. Um, but I would come home every winter break with these just big, huge charcoal drawings of, you know, naked people. And my parents would be like, you know, <laughs> like dropping some serious cash here. Uh, maybe you can consider picking up something else. So I, um, I went ahead and I, I started looking into other things to study in addition to art. And I was always kind of interested in medicine because of diabetes and the physiology. And I mean, in actuality, like if you think about what we do on an hourly basis, is, you know, our, our pancreas basically was was unconsciously, unbeknownst to us, automatically doing the most elegant and intricate balancing of hormones and glucose and, and homeostasis that we, we were totally unaware of. And now all of a sudden on our shoulders is thrust responsibility. That is, can I curse? Am I allowed to curse on here? Oh, yeah, we're rated uh, explicit. I have a it's horrible, fucking hard. I have a horrible mouth. Continue. It's- it's really, it's really hard. And I think I, you know, and I don't want to be crude, but it's fucking hard. It so is. Rec- recognizing what our bodies were doing on their own, um, allowed me to kind of weirdly have this kind of like, uh, interest and fascination with medicine and physiology and, and all that. So that kind of was like the door into my, my enamoration with medicine. Um, so then I started taking some neuroscience classes in undergrad. Um, and I just like, fell in love with the brain and I loved it. So I was doing art and I was doing this neuroscience major. Um, actually, I was doing what, what was called a neuropsychology major. And the reason I, I specify is because I was so afraid of taking things like organic chemistry and calculus and physics that I could skip over all of those by doing neuropsychology and take all these upper level neuro classes, which I was so fascinated with by and bypassing the, you know, the, the scary math and science, you know, hard science classes. And to my surprise, I did really well. And I, for the first time, you know, as a 20-year-old, was like, wait, I guess I'm not stupid. We interrupt this episode with a word from our sponsors, Real Good Foods. Real Good Foods has all of the tasty, low-carb snacks and meals you need to feel guilt-free this holiday season. From my personal favorite, their tasty enchiladas, to their poppers and cauliflower crust pizza, there's something for even the pickiest of eaters at your family dinner. Check them out at Walmart or online at realgoodfoods.com and follow them on Instagram at realgoodfoods. Use code PANCREASPALS for 10% off your order. Now back to the episode. I really thought that I was this whole time. Oh so God. I... That's so it was sad. really tough, yeah. <laughs> I've had the opposite well, I never, problem. I always think I'm the smartest person in the room and it's never true. <laughs> well, no, it's, well, that's good. You got confidence. That's confidence I never had. I'm Let me totally tell you. joking. Sorry. I do not feel that way. Anyways... <laughs> well, regardless, I, I had the this, this sense of academic confidence for the first time in my life. And then kind of the epiphany came to me of, you know, I, I want to be a doctor. I really want to go to med school. Um, so I, I finished undergrad. I did what's called the post-bac pre-medical program back home in New York City. Um, I worked for a little bit and then I um, was very fortunate getting into medical school. But the reason I'm kind of giving this long-winded story is that I was drawing this entire time. And I was drawing out my notes and I was drawing out the very difficult and like complex topics of science and medical school and all these things um, because that's how I was able to understand and retain the information. Um, So that's kind of how I think my Instagram became popular and all that was because I was um, kind of molding my passions together and it was helping others 
um, understand and retain the information as well. That's awesome. I mean, I wish I had done that in college. I'm sure I would have made better grades. That's such a good idea to draw things out. I think, I think everyone should do it. I, I really truly believe that. I mean, I have always been a big doodler. I'm not the most, uh, I wouldn't say I did, I'm that talented in my drawing, but I love doing it. And I actually used to paint a ton and I need to get back into that. Like I was actually not that bad at that. So even maybe this is the inspiration I needed. Who knows? But um, there you go. Hop so back in you, it. Yeah. So what have you, um, what have you done so we can share with the pals? I know that since then you've kind of taken this link with diabetes and your drawing to like a whole new level and you have, you sell your artwork and you have done all these amazing pieces. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you, what you've done with that? Sure. It's yeah. So I, easier to share pictures. I, it's easier to share pictures, but continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could share pictures and I could talk about it. And we could do the whole thing. So <laughs> I, when I was, so when I was drawing in med school, the, the first couple of years of med school um, are very didactic. So like you're kind of in lectures and you're trying to, you're trying to drink, from the fire hydrant of uh, this massive volume of information basically regurgitated. So it was much more, um, you know, kind of information for information's sake. But then as I rotated through um, clinicals, when I would see different things in the patients in the hospital, um, the kind of emotional aspects um, started kind of creeping into my drawings. And so I was, I was doing more comics and I was doing things about kind of the, what it is like to be a medical student and oftentimes what it's like to be a patient. And I definitely identify as a patient prior more so than, so I'm a patient first before I'm a doctor. This is something that I've lived with. And so there would be times when I would um, kind of express myself, my diabetic self in my art. And one of the pieces that I think was um, really meaningful to me was I had, as a child, I had collected a bunch of my used test strips. And I had always imagined I would use them in some form or fashion in an art, artistic way. I never knew what it would be. Um, and then in my, I think it was in my third year of medical school, I had some free time, believe it or not, rarely happens. And I <laughs> said, let me, let me um, utilize this stuff. And I came up with this idea to make a self-portrait of my face in test strips with the idea being that when you got close enough and recognize that these individual or these things are test strips or they're blood glucose test strips, um, like that's the microcosm. That's like my day to day, like prick my finger, you know, how many thousands of times in the past like month or whatever it is. I love um, that you use stepping... because I, everyone in my life, like before I got my dope sugar medical case, I swear to God, this is not an intentional plug um, that has like a little receptacle for them. They were everywhere. I had, They're everywhere. Um, I literally had a boyfriend, an old boyfriend of mine, find one in his sock after he had washed his <laughs> socks. Like, yeah. Literally looking oh, yeah, at me ever- like, what the fuck, Emily? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I have the BDs. Like, what else? We didn't have uh, the BDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my so my best friends call them. They're they're like they're like natter. You're they're like your breadcrumbs. You 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 know. Yeah. You always know where natter's been because there's like a little trail of breadcrumbs of test strips everywhere. So it's like yes, that is very much the case. I um, love so that it is very that into your art. That's amazing. Thank you. But the the goal was to then step back and see the macrocosm. See like that together. Uh, when you look back, it's just me, and it, I'm not only the product of my diabetes. So that was kind of the the overarching theme there. Right. That makes sense. I mean, that's so cool that, but you, so what's your preferred medium? I should ask. Uh, That's a good question. So I, 
traditionally, like when I was doing more fine art, especially in undergrad, and I had the time and the space, I like large scale charcoal drawings. Um, but living in a tiny studio in New York and um, not having enough like time and space, um, I, I, it's hard for me to, to kind of make those pieces anymore. So I do a lot of uh, pen and ink, mostly illustration. Oh, cool. That's yeah. yeah I, you post a lot of that kind of stuff on your Instagram, I believe. Yes. Um, That's so correct. for those listening that want a visual to go along with it, check Mike's Instagram out. Um, I'll definitely link to things in the post and in the little blurb that goes along with every podcast. Um, but awesome. yeah. So do you have any, uh, any exciting plans coming up diabetes related? Are you headed to any, well, I get, see, here's the thing though. I always ask that. And then I remember you're a resident, so you probably don't have time yes, for anything. Have so like for anyone I else to but... ask that and they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to like 10 things, but yikes. <laughs> I am, let's see, well, so I, prior to medical school, I had made a comic book, and it's called Captain Langerhands, and for all the nerdy <laughs> diabetics, they know what that would mean, but just to make sure everyone's on the same page, the the islet cells of Langerhands are um, the insulin-producing, where the beta cells live, live within the insulin-producing cells of the pancreas, um, and the goal was to create a comic book about a diabetic superhero where um, it was a language in which young kids could understand. Um, and so like newly di- diagnosed kids could, you know, be in the hospital, get this comic book, and it explains the really complex pathophysiology in, in, a, in a metaphor in a way that they can understand. So I made that back in 2012. And then um, th- more recently, I, I printed another batch and they went like really fast. And I was really happy to share them with people that like newly diagnosed kids and people that really wanted them. So that was um, really powerful and meaningful for me. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely saw that on your Instagram. I always feel like such a stalker saying that, whatevs. It's 2018. It is what it is. But um, it seems so cool. And I love the fact that it's so, it is so educational, but it's just also adorable drawings. Like it's a dude that has the beaties and is living his life. Yeah. He's doing it. He is just like you being a doctor, doing your artwork, doing all your things. So you're an inspiration, Mike. And that's about oh, as uh, so nice as I get, really. I think I've tapped out for my niceness for the day. Oh, Maybe well, I'm glad, should... I got, glad I got all yeah. that. <laughs> no, I was like, wow, that's so out of character for me. Yikes. But uh, no, I'm so glad we finally got you on the show and so excited to have the pals check you out at your amazing artwork. And thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Um, so for those that want to check out or purchase some of Mike's work, head to his Instagram. It's at Mike.Natter. That's N-A-T-T-E-R on Instagram. Um, he'll post a link in his bio to where you can buy a print of some of his original works. Um, you can follow us on... And a portion. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's more important. And a, por- a portion of all the proceeds of all the things I, I sell go to the JDRF as well. I just want to make sure that's, that's clear. Yes. Uh, everyone who listens knows I'm a huge proponent of JDRF and yes, always trying to, to cure this thing. Maybe my dream is to like one day not have to have this podcast. Is that, that sounds bad, but like also... Let's... No, I mean, well, can I, I'm, I'm going to be an endocrinologist, so I wouldn't be so sad if I was put out of business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's plenty of other endocrine diseases aside from type 1, as you know. Uh, nah, but they're not as interesting. Come on. No. I mean, I have thyroid disease and type 1. I had thyroid before <laughs> I was diagnosed with type 1. 
So Hashimoto's. Yep, you know it. That's the one. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. It's really like thank you, but it's never been a big deal. Like, it all it is is just taking a yeah, take a pill every day. That's it, and it I like never. I've only had to go up like maybe once or twice, and I've had it for twelve years. So if only diabetes were so simple. I know everyone. I'll be like, oh yeah, I also have thyroid disease. They're like, that's awful. I'm like, really? I forget I have it ninety percent of the time. Diabetes <laughs> is a constant thought, and it's like having a small child right. to constantly take care of. But it is. It's exactly that is exactly what it is. It's yeah, not it's my like analogy. My doctor used that analogy, and she's like, you have a child now, and I was like, but I've been so careful. Like, how is this possible? And she was like, very funny, Emily. I'm only I 24. Like, I, yeah, I was like, this isn't planned. Um, <laughs> she was like, it's okay. You need to be serious now. It's diabetes. I was like, fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, it really is like having a full time kid. You know. You have to it wake is. up yeah, in the very much so. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, we yeah. all have a kid. Anyways, not a real kid in case my parents are listening. I'm going to stop talking now. Yikes. I got to stop. I th- Mike, I got to end it. I think I've I've dug myself into a hole now. Um, People have commuted. They've already made it to their destination. We've, we've run over the time. <laughs> no, the only person who's ever run over my 30 minute time limit was Rob Howe. And he was so proud of it. He like posted about it. And I was like, seriously, Rob? Oh, well now, now, now I have a mission. I mean, I got two minutes. I, I think I can make this. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I'm a rambler, <laughs> but it, he was like so smart in the way he did it too, because he made it so I couldn't really edit the extra part out. Like he was in the uh. middle of the story when we hit like 29 minutes and uh. he made it to 33. And I was like, are you serious, sir? You know, Ooh, I need to see if I can make this happen. Oh okay, I'm going to try and do 34. You forget that I have the editing power though. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> so I can Let remove me tell you the story I've voice. been meaning to tell you. <laughs> Even then, I could edit out all of my ums, and it would just not. Who knows, though? I don't know. Your story is very interesting. I will give you that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. Okay, so everyone, go follow Mike on Instagram. Follow us at, on Instagram at pancreas underscore underscore. Yikes! I need to stop talking. Pancreas underscore pals on Facebook at pancreas pals pp, and we still. Actually, no, this will be this is the last episode of the season and we will be back um, with a very exciting new co-host. And that exciting new co-host is, drumroll please, in case you missed it on our Instagram, it is Miriam Brand, our licensed mental health counselor um, correspondent. And we are so excited, ecstatic, and all things warm and fuzzies that Miriam will be joining us for season five and beyond. So follow her on Instagram at Miriam Brand. Be sure to stay tuned. She is helping take over our Instagram account. She is going to be full-fledged co-host. She will never replace Christy. We still love you, but she is definitely an exciting addition and brings a whole new perspective, having had diabetes for over 20 years. But um, check back in February, late February, early March for season five. We already have amazing things lined up. Um, I don't know if anyone can top you, Mike, but... There are going to be some pretty cool kids on on next season as well. So have a great. I'm not that cool. Oh my god, you're not. You're a cool adult comparatively. <laughs> we'll go with that. All that right, was probably. Really I'll take that. That was probably like hurtful <laughs> to you on like the inside. I apologize. Um, a little but bit. Just like on weekends and holidays, I'm so mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so still tune in to our Instagram and our website. We'll be posting diagnosis stories and. Um, carb or reg- whatever we do favorite rest recipes i'm not going to pretend like they're low carb um 
we'll still be doing lots of fun things and everyone have a lovely holiday season and be sure to continue checking us out. Bye guys. Bye Mike. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.